All right, folks, welcome back into the high school huddle, bringing you everything and all things Section 5 sports. I'm AJ Feldman. He's Carl Jones, of course, bringing you everything you need to know for Section 5. And sectionals, they're finally here. We've got some brackets coming out for basketball, still to be worked out for the boys' side, possibly by the time you hear this show, but uh, we'll have those for you soon. Hockey have already started in, uh, in Class A, the first round. The uh, quarterfinals are going to be today uh, for on Thursday for Class A and Class B. So things are picking up. All the other sports fresh into action. So it is uh, our busiest time of the season for high school sports. Uh, that is for certain. And we, uh, we're ready for the ride. Oh, most certainly. Uh, the fall sports and their sectionals were, were electric and they were fun to watch. And I can't wait for winter. And also the weather is, is heating up outside. So hopefully that correlates to the action going on indoors for the uh, for the athlete, uh, athletes as well, because I'm loving this 40, 50 degree weather. Yeah, I was going to say that we're coming down a little bit. We're coming down a little bit, but we're going to stay in the, the 40s, you know, mid 30s, something like that. So um, our usual weather talk at the beginning of this show, and we all always complain about the winter sports. But hey, you know, we think about what we have to deal with in the fall. Cold weather outside in the winter, we're inside in winter sports. So we always got to look at the bright side there, right? Oh, uh, for sure, for sure. No, not, not too many complaints. Not too many. Not too many indeed. Um, so we're going to start our attention with, uh, we were both able to get out, uh, do some stories this week, get to some high quality girls basketball teams, do some features on that. Um, Carl, we're going to start off with you first, talking about the East Rochester Bombers, who uh, unfortunately you jinxed in a, in a major big time way there. Ah, yeah, yeah. I guess I am the, uh, the reason why. But going into this week, they were uh, riding a 26-game winning streak dating back to last year. They won their sectional championship last year. And um, uh, through you and Thad, I was told that this is a really good team led by Sam Lewis and that they um, are, have been doing their thing of late. And being able to meet the ladies and the coach up close and personal and get to know them a little bit better, um, I learned a lot about them. I think the one thing that stood out is the fact that they're, I mean, young to be a, a um, to be a team of this caliber, if you usually a team that's like like running through um, their schedule, you know, senior lad in, maybe some junior sprinkling in. Sam Lewis is the only senior on the team. I mean, you got Anaya Eldridge, who's an eighth grader. Her older sister Zaria is a sophomore. Lily Funk is a junior. They have another junior that starts. This is a and a, a young team that is gelled and has come together over the past couple of years. And then another thing that stood out to me is the fact that. They take pride in being a small school. Like that was like their theme of the of the entire interview. They want to be the first to bring a banner back to East Rochester for the uh, for the basketball program, girl, girl or boys. Um, it was a fun interview. Obviously, Sam Lewis is a stud in whatever sport that she plays. And it's uh, it's fun to watch her uh, for the I think the third time, the second time. I think you saw them earlier this year. But um, it's an all in all fun team. I can't wait to see how far that they go, although they did slip up. They won't play that team in sectionals and maybe um, after that, but man, they're, they're an exciting, fun team and they're legit. They're not like a small school team that, you know, they're just running through their competition because they have maybe have one star. They have, they have a legit strong five and they're exciting to watch. And I can't wait to see uh, how they do in sectionals. Yeah. Sam Lewis, uh, pound for pound, perhaps the best athlete in section five. There's certainly a couple names who can, who can make that case, but I'm um, just doing what she does and, in indoor track and in the field hockey season and, you know, you know, track in the, in the springtime, she just really brings it all around. And, um, you know, you mentioned that strong team, that young team, 
to have to have a, a, a leader like that, a player like that, to be that rock on the inside, you know, that makes up for a lot of those uh, in a, you know deficiencies for for the youth. Um, I believe last year was their first sectional title in uh, in quite some time. I don't know if maybe you remember this, but um, but yeah, just uh, you know another team that did not get a chance to to win that state title, and you know potentially going to get that chance to go on that deep run this time around. Of course, and, that, and another thing that Sam Lewis, all the uh, other players that I interviewed and the coach as well. She just reiterated the what if act, uh, factor, talking about some how far could they went last year. And she said that's fueled them into this season. They didn't have a chance to, to go play for a state championship last year. So they're taking that energy into this year and hopefully go as far as they possibly can. Yeah, that definitely. Uh, one, one of the teams to watch, one of the teams uh, we've always had an eye on uh, in the past. Moving over to, to my team that I got out to, uh, to talk to is uh, another team with one loss on the season. Theirs came uh, much earlier in the season. I did not jinx them at all. Uh, it was the, uh, the Canandaigua Braves girls basketball team. They are riding an 18-game winning streak. They are top five in the state, number four in the state. Their only loss of the season, way back in game number two of the season, to our uh, beloved uh, Waterloo Indians. Uh, they, they took a tough loss there. But Canandaigua, you look at them, and, and one thing just stands out as immediately is the, the amount of points that they give up. And it is not a lot. <laughs> they uh they give up less than 30 points per game it's like um 28 point something points per game they have only allowed three teams to score 40 or more on them all season long um the, the most points they've given up in the game is 43 uh <laughs> which is which is pretty ridiculous to say and that was to fairport which uh we know how much they can put up on a, any given night that was in the first game of the season you know they they've beaten sutherland They've beaten uh, Schrader. They beat them by 11 earlier this season. They are just a good um, quality, well-rounded basketball team. Um, they have a few key players uh, leading the way for them, um, starting with uh, Maya Herman, the, the junior. She's doing it all for them. Um, she's averaging, uh, it is 14.5 uh, points per game this season. Uh, you've also got uh, Macy Bacon, who's doing good for work for them at just over 10. And then their senior leader. This is another team that only has one senior on their roster. It's uh, it's Abby Herod. Um, she's getting it done as well. So another team that might be making a, a run next year as well. Um, but, you know, Canandaigua, they'd definitely be getting a lot more recognition, a little more pub. If it wasn't for that team about 20 minutes, 25 minutes down the road in, uh, in Menden, staring them in that bracket. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about Menden for obvious good reasons. Canandaigua has never played Menden uh, any of these players on the, the roster have not played men at the varsity level. They have not met up in the regular season ever. They have not met in the sectional playoffs. Uh, Canada was come close. They've had a lot of tough losses in the sectional semis. They've never met them in a sectional championship game. So they are on a collision course there. Um, and it is just going to be really fun to see if they can get there. And, uh, you know, it's probably the best chance for anybody's got to, to knock down Menden. So um, it, it'll be fun to see if they can get there. A hundred percent. I know we talked about it uh, earlier uh, this week about the fact that we haven't been able to catch them a lot due to the, uh, their location and the schedules. But a question that I have for you, at the high school level, it's hard to get an entire team to buy in on defense, especially at the high school level. Like the, you know. So what was the vibe and what were like their answers like talking about how, like, how great they are defensively? Because to get a bunch of 16 to 18-year-olds to buy in on that floor, end of the floor, night in and night out, is unheard of. I know what I was doing at 16. I wasn't caring about, like... The, that ended the the that ended up four where I don't get in the newspaper like you don't get a newspaper for holding your man to five points so yeah what was that about 
Yeah, you know, that was that was the main thing I wanted to find out too. And uh, you know, I asked like, you know, uh, how much how much time you guys spend in defense on practice? And the answer to both to both players I interviewed, uh, Maya and Abby was it was a lot, you know, like uh, the mom, uh, it was uh, Maya gave it the best answer. She's like, you know, it's a lot. You know, we, we sometimes spend half of our uh, practice working on defense. I swear. She gave me the biggest, the biggest eye roll, um, <laughs> the biggest eye roll possible. It was like typical, you know, uh, like you said, 16 or 17 year old talking about defense. It was just classic. I had to use it in the story. But then, uh, you know, we, we, we gave her, her her time to shine. She went on sailor. She's like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, all this practice time we spent on defense. Yeah, it really sucks. But, you know, we get in the game and we're like, dang, you know, it's kind of a good thing that we did this. So uh, they, they know that their coach is uh, cooking up something good for them. Um, you know, they've talked about, especially early in the season when you're working a lot of that fundamentals, you know, the defensive slide drills just over and over and over again. I, I know you're shaking your head. Um, if I wasn't telling the story, I would be as well. Those defensive slide drills are just literally a pain in the butt. Uh, <laughs> the worst possible uh you got so yeah they uh they buy in but uh not without some you know they buy in as much as they need to they they know that it sucks to be doing what they're doing but uh they know it pays off hey it's, it's paying off and their coach is obviously doing a great job so no complaints on that end. yeah um you know they also you know i had them like kind of I was like, hey, I need a drill with some defense to shoot it for practice. You know, they've got the the crazy, you know, talking, you know, the help, the ball, you know, things like that. They work that all the time. And they talk about how that just helps out their offense, just going against that defense and practice every day. Um, you can obviously understand that. And then uh, just going back to, to talking about Menden, um, you know, they mentioned that, you know, they're not really focused on them too much. You know, the, the, the players gave me a little better answers on that. The coach is like, you know, one game at a time, uh, because there are some decent teams in class A who by no means are going to let Kennedy would go into the finals against them. But, uh, but the coach, uh, head coach did mention uh, Mike Brennan. He did mention that, um, you know, the fact that all of these players on their rosters play different sports for the most part, you know, they've got some talented lacrosse players. Um, you know, they, they play in uh, this, the fall sports as well. They're used to playing a lot of these big games. Um, you know, they they're not going to be shying away from the moment. They're they're well rounded. They know how to live up to these uh, these big time moments, and I think that'll also uh, play a big factor. And if uh, if they can give uh, men a pretty good run here, like you said, there's some heavy hitters in Class A, and if that's what the collision course will be, then so be it. But I'm sure there's some other teams in that uh, in that division, that class, that has some things to say as well. So it'll, it'll shape up to be a fun sectional for sure. Definitely. And uh, moving over to our teams of the week, Carl's uh, was already kind of mentioned uh, in the crossfire for, for taking down his, uh, his East Rochester there. Carl, who's your, your team of the week there? I mean, when you take down this uh, second ranked team in class, at class C and the team that I was covering, you're going to be my team of the week. Uh, the Lions, Lions, uh, the ladies, I, I, I'm, I'm I've never seen a game where a team is just shooting the lights out and literally from every way, shape, or form. I'm talking about running mid-ranges, talking like corner threes, can't see the hoop. I'm talking like layups that like going high off the glass. I mean, they played an outstanding game. And, and it, it all goes back to their star player, Jayla Bell. She's only a freshman and it's her third year playing varsity, which is still unheard of to me being from Ohio where your first year on varsity is a freshman. So the fact that she's this dominant as a freshman and it's her third year playing varsity, the sky is the limit for her. But it wasn't just her in that game. I mean, you had Imani Harder with 17, Cameron Bromell with 16, Michaela Chase with 12, and then Sierra Harrison with nine. Two out of those uh, five players I just named were eighth graders. So, like, this team is absurdly young, 
they they didn't shy of the moment at all. They walked right into East Rochester. The coach, uh, Marty Colgrove, was like the entire second quarter was all about, oh, they didn't expect us to be here. Well, we're here. So what's I'm like, oh, 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 okay. I'm loving the energy. I'm loving the vibe. And I mean, they fed off of his energy. They didn't fear East Rochester whatsoever. They had lost to them earlier in the season, 71 to 60. So clearly they had a, a motivation for revenge. But man, they're they're 14 and 6 right now. They're in C2, so they won't meet up with East Rochester, who's in C1. But that's a team who was shooting the lights out. And Jayla Bell is about as, as good as it gets at the high school level, especially as a freshman. She's I know we had talked about her a lot on Section 5 best, but we hadn't been able to see her because of uh, where they're located. But, man, she is everything that's advertised. Um, I won't be surprised to see if she can go on, like, on, a, on a mini run in, uh, in C2 to see what she can do because that's what great players do. Uh, do. But, man, she, box office. That's all I can say. Yeah, you mentioned the way they shot. 85 points they put up in that game. Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, and that's that's the most points they've scored all season long. And, as we as we clearly just talked about, East Rochester is no slouch. Uh, that's for sure. So, man, you you have that as your uh, you know your ceiling. You know, this, like you said, the sky is the limit for them. Taking a look at that C two bracket, um, they really you know uh, some quality teams as well. You know, Pavilion at sixteen and two, Clyde Savannah at seventeen and two, um, Oakfield Alabama at seventeen and three. Lions is going to be the fifth seed in that bracket. But you you take a look at their um, you know obviously some talented teams in C two. But not, not even any to the quality of, you know, an East Rochester or something like that. So that is a uh, an open section um, for sure. And, you know, any of those teams, I would not be surprised if they took it. And certainly Lions can, can go on that type of run. Oh, yeah. And we, we talk about this in football uh, when it comes to star players. And I'm sure we'll talk about it at nauseum next week when we really dive into sectionals. But this time of year, your star players are going to take you as far as you can. And. I, I don't imagine there'll be any uh, many teams that they go against to have anybody as good as Jayla Bell. So we'll see about the, the Lions Lions going forward. Yeah. And if, at the very least, uh, uh, a, a very good primer for a future run for uh, for the young, talented Lions Lions. My team of the week, uh, it's another team that we've talked about, but really um, we kind of we kind of set them up for we kind of challenged them a little bit last week. Uh, and they certainly lived up for the test. Uh, I've got the East Eagles as my team of the week for boys basketball. Uh, they had a really nice win over McQuaid. Uh, they beat him 95 to 79. That was Friday night. And then just two days ago on uh, Tuesday night, they beat Edison Tech 76 to 74, completing the season sweep over a really talented Edison Tech team that I was actually able to go out and talk to. Um, so you're going to be hearing that story next week. That is a really good team as well. But East, everything that I said that they had problems with in that first McQuaid game, they fixed this time around. They were, um, they were confident with the basketball they, they weren't turning the ball over. Uh, they were really, uh, you know, diverse in their attack. Um, in that game, uh, Shamir Carruthers had 25 points. Damani Barley, uh, as we all know, had 24. Ty McCullough had 16. And then this kid, Zion Parsons, 18 points and, uh, and 13 rebounds. He's just an eighth grader. And the kid does not look like an eighth grader. Like we've seen, you know, eighth graders make their mark. It's usually like, you know, the five foot two little tiny scrawny kid who just jacks up threes and runs around screen, you know, and, and does that things of that nature. Like Zion Parsons is a dude. Um, he's going to be really good. And the thing that impressed me the most, um, anybody who's been to a McQuaid game, 
you know, their student section is one of, it's one of the most energetic in section five. They like to get on uh, the opposing team. They like to make their, uh, their voices heard It's a small gym. So that helps as well. Uh, it's late mid third quarter, late third quarter. East is going on around Zion Parsons hits a three in the corner. Um, he's on the far side, same size as McQuaid's as he's walking back, he's given McQuaid some smack talk. He's given the student section. He's letting them know, you know, Hey, I just hit that in, in, uh, in your dude's face, you know, watch out for me as an eighth grader. So that just tells me so much, you know, it's one thing to stare down, you know, the guy next to you, but still like you're going into a hostile environment and you're elevating your game instead of, you know, um, just merely playing up to it. That says a lot about, uh, an eighth grader in Zion Parsons. Um, he really impressed me. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, we, you know how I am when it comes to like the guys who provide guys and girls who provide energy out there and aren't afraid to talk a little bit. You're doing that on the road as an eighth grader. And that just bowls well for playoff atmosphere where, you know, you, you can't really, you know, tense up and, 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 you know, and maybe leave some shots short. I'm just leaving it all out there. And as an eighth grader, having that confidence in yourself, that swagger, that's infectious. And I mean, if, if, as an eighth grader, if you can, if that can correlate to the rest of the team. And obviously, I mean, Damani Barley, whatever they go as, as he goes, but man, I know in eighth grade, I wasn't talking like that. I mean, the older I got, when you get more confidence, more repetitions and stuff like that, but on the road, hostile environment, bunch of kids I haven't talked to, never met before. Like to hear that. Yeah. And you know, in that Essence Tech game, uh, they were down in that one, 56, 48, late in the third quarter able to pull out a win by two points. You know, they are winning the close games. You know, they, they beat a, a, t- a quality Niagara Falls team, 63-62. Um, they did suffer a loss to Fairport, which, um, you know, we used to highlight how good Fairport's playing. But, you know, East, we had some doubts for them. But, they yeah, they did a really good job of, you know, Shamir Carruthers looked a lot stronger than I saw him the first time around. Kai McCullough as well. In that first McQuay game, it really just seems like it was going to be Damani Bar- the Damani Barley show where, you know, he's got to have the ball and other guys can still do stuff when, you know, he gets a double team when he drives and dishes, things like that. But in that East game, I really saw other players take control and uh, become that secondary third option, fourth option that they're going to need if they're going to make this deep playoff run. And uh, just, just looking ahead to sectionals, you know, they're going to probably stare down a, a really good East Ridge team in the, uh, the A2 championship game. That's going to be a really fun game to watch. And then after that, it's probably going to be Pittsburgh Menden to, to go on to uh, the state qualifier for either East or East Ridge. So I'm really going to look forward to see um, how that bracket stands out. Probably, you know, the best one-two punch, um, certainly that we can throw at you in, in section five. I, I've just seen... Uh... East, East Ridge uh, go down to HFL and pull off one of the best comeback victories I think I've seen this year. So obviously they're no slouch, legit team, and East is the same. So like you said, can't wait to see, uh, I guess, next weekend if, if those two in them matching up. Yep. Moving on to our teams that are under the radar, teams that deserve a little bit more pub. It's uh, it's getting time to uh, start talking about, you know, some underdogs, some sleepers, some Cinderella's as you're making your your class or your section five brackets, Carl, um, who might be uh, possessing the glass slipper for you this, uh, this winter. For me, uh, this time of year is all about guard play. You know, you go as your guards can go and uh, Pal Mac and, uh, and, and class B one, they have some of the best guards around uh, with the goodness brothers, uh, Paul and Ian, they won 11 out of their last 12 to end of the year. They start off the season two and five. And I mean, at that point, I'm, I imagine that many people will write them off. But they've won 11 out of their last 12 with their only loss uh, being the North Star. They have lost the North Star twice this season, both by double digits. Um, 
but the rest of their uh, their schedule this year, they lost to a really good Lions team, as you saw last week, uh, or maybe the week before that. They lost to Newark, but they end up avenging, avenging that loss later this season. So they clearly have the potential to play up uh, up, to, up to par. They're cl- clicking on all cylinders right now, and I mean, it's a it's a it's a survive in advance, one and done type of tournament. So as long as you know you can get Ian and Paul on a good day, it'll be great to see. I saw them uh, play at Wayne. Uh, I want to say mid-January, early January, where um, Paul or uh, Paul, excuse me, hit the game winning three. So clearly they're not afraid of the moment. They uh, they relish those type of shots. And Wayne is a, a very good uh, team in uh, class A, I want to say. So, um, or A2, I want to say. But yeah, the, uh, Pal Mac is a team that I have my eye on. Those goodness brothers, I talked to uh, Paulie G, Paul Gotham about them uh, when I was at the game. And he said that he loves watching them play. Uh, they're an energetic group, and obviously there's other players on that team that make them go, but those two in particular, they'll be able to dictate how far they can go in sectionals. Yeah, and you talk about North Star, who beat him twice and is, uh, you know, the top dog in B1. Um, you know, Ryan Garwood, you know, he is a stud, but, you know, if, if you can fit, that's going to be, you know, problem A, A, B, and C for, uh, for Palmac and any team that plays them in uh, sectionals. So if they, can, if they can get a good game plan on them, if they can throw a lot of bodies on them, if they can uh, make them uncomfortable, who knows? Maybe they're uh, they're the team that can pull off that upset um, uh, against North Star, and they and they just did lose to a, a Wheatland Chilai team who is by no means you know is good in Class D. Um, North Star did lose to them, but um, not you know a superstar team by any stretch of the imagination. So North Star definitely is uh, is beatable. That's for sure. Just one game. That's all you need. Just get the hop, get, need to get half of one game. We just saw Lions do it uh, with East Rochester. So anything is possible this time of year. Exactly. And uh, for my under the radar team, uh, got to kind of call it under the radar because this team is the, the number one seed in class B2. It is the Dansville Mustangs able to see them last night against Geneseo. They came out with the win 44 35. That was a team, a battle of teams that entered that game at 15 and four um, Dansville coming out with the win. This game, I got here at there at halftime. Uh, it was tied at 22 at the half found out after the fact it was also tied at 11 after the first quarter. It was really tight. Dansville pitched a shutout in the third quarter. They did not allow Geneseo to put up a point in the <laughs> third quarter. <laughs> you playing? You talking about hockey? Nah, nah, <laughs> basketball. Big donut for, for the Geneseo Blue Devils. They made Geneseo so uncomfortable in that second half. Um, you know, Geneseo is a strong team. They, From just watching one half of basketball on them, they don't seem to possess um, a ton of great outside score, outside shooters. So that could, um, you know, um, if some team could shoot on Dansville, that's for sure. But Dansville was just smothering. They were playing good help defense, great rotations. They were never allowing an open shot. It was always, you know, tough to tough to get a decent look on them. They were forcing turnovers. And they, that was just as, as impressive as, as a defensive performance as I've seen all season long. Uh, leading the way for them on offense was Drew Moore with 18 points. He's a really tough inside threat. He's got some moves. He can uh, he can absorb contact. He can put it up. Um, he can work into the paint. He's not you know he's not a an overwhelming presence down low where it's just you know he's a, you know physically dominant down there. But he's got the touch. He's got the finesse. He's got you know ability to you know get a couple dribbles and get a shot off. Um, he impressed me in that game uh, so far on this season. Um, he's a, a senior, a four-year varsity player. He's averaging over 20 points a game this season, 21.5. Um, 
He's also got uh, doing the quick math on here on this rebounds. He's also averaging uh, 12.6 rebounds per game. So he's a, he's a double, double walking 2010 out there. Other guys uh, for the Dansville Mustangs, Colin Gray. Um, he was hitting some uh, big three pointers. Uh, he's averaging just over 10 points on this season. Uh, Jacob Smith, Jakob Smith, uh, uh, just under 10 points per game this season. So that's a, a Dansville team that really passed their first, their, their final test of the regular season, which was a really good one. They're entering the playoffs on a five game winning streak. And as I mentioned, they are the number one seed in class B2. They have not played any of the, there are four teams above 500 to B2. Dansville has not played any of them. So we don't have really a, a one for one comparison, but the Mustangs really impressed me uh, last night. You just said a hockey stat for me about not getting up the ball, period. So I'm already locked in. I'm impressed with this team. I haven't seen them this year, but that right there goes to show you that they're legit. I don't care who you're playing against, what level of competition. Zero points over an eight minute over an eight minute period is nuts and legit. So I, uh, that's wow. Under the radar for sure. They need some more pub. Yeah, you know, uh, Leroy is the number two seed in that bracket. Uh, another strong team. They've gotten a chance to see. Uh, uh, Marin Holly Jr., uh, Mitchell Hockey, um, you know, so that's going to be a fun matchup if, that, if we get that in the sectional championship game. That's going to be a really fun, underrated uh, um, B2 game if that does uh, turn out to be at the big house. So uh, for games of the week, uh, we do have some sectional brackets out. Uh, the boys are going to be released uh, a little bit later, possibly out by the time you hear this show. Um, uh, we do have some brackets out for, for Class C or uh, excuse me, for girls basketball. So Carl, um, taking a look at the, the first round matchups in, uh, in uh, these girls basketball matchups, what is a, kind of a, a, you know, a juicy matchup that you've got your eyes on maybe that can really be interesting in a, in a first round game? For me, it's a team, uh, it's two teams I saw just once this year. It's going to be the 6-11 matchup with HFL going against Churchville Chilai, who we talked about, I believe, last week on, on the high school huddle. Uh, it's two teams that are led by two two girls who are really, really, really good. Tegan Cam for HFL. Um, I mean, she's a double-double machine. I swear every single night that I'm going across uh, the stats and all that, she is always always has 16 and 11. I, I think she literally might have a double-double in just about every game this season. I remember looking at that. Like, she's got, she had, like, 14 and 15 games, something like that. No, yeah. I, I believe that she has 1,000 boards and 1,000 points for her career, or she was approaching that, I want to say, which is unheard of. It's absurd. So clearly she's uh, really, really good. And also Sydney Postel for Churchville Childlight is really good as well. Um, I saw her take on Brockport earlier this year, and you talked about them a little bit last week. Two good teams, obviously two teams with a lot of um, really, really good head honchos. Um, they're going to clearly match up with each other because they both like to operate with uh, in, the, in the paint a little bit in the interior. So we'll get to see uh, which star can shine brighter. Uh, HFL is 14 and 5, Churchville Childlight is 8 and 12, but with that eight and 12 record, they have some really impressive wins like over Brockport. So don't let the record deceive you. Can't wait to see how that one shakes out next Tuesday, uh, February 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to, you know, I highlighted Trishville Chai as one of my under the radar team. Um, they did, uh, <laughs> it lived up to the, the hype in their first game. They beat Deronicoy on a, on a buzzer beater. It was Sydney Bostel with the, the game winning three um, from just inside half court, I believe. So, um, that, that is definitely a team that gave feisty. Um, definitely a good one to watch um, in that class A bracket. I'm going to also look at the class A bracket for my uh, game to watch. I'm going to go with uh, Webster Thomas and uh, they have uh, Brockport in the first round, you know, Webster Thomas, we've both seen them a little bit. Um, you know, Carl just saw them take down a Brighton team that was celebrating, a, you know, a, 
you know, uh, Brighton's uh, was it um, all-time leading scorer um, happened that yeah. game. They they spoiled that party. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're legit. Like I had seen them previously, and I I was like, oh, they have some kinks in the armor. This then the third, but they don't really care about nothing. None of that. Yeah. Kiara, Kiara Anglin getting the the record there for Brighton. Um, they did not care about that. Um, uh, Webster Thomas, you know, I, we mentioned, you know, last week, Churchville Child, we were like, you know, Thomas is beatable. Maybe if Churchville Child can get on a roll, they didn't let him do that. They swept Churchville Child. Uh, they beat him uh, three three times on the, or by three points on the road and uh, crushed him in their regular season finale. They beat, they beat him by 25 uh, at their own gym. So this is a Webster Thomas team. Um, they do have some, uh, you know, they've played some, close games with these tight teams they had a two-point loss to settle in earlier this season um i mentioned that the brighton win that was a pretty quality one and then brockport um as you mentioned before that's not a, that's a, a well-ranked team but not undefeated by any stretch of the imagination they lost to churchville Charlie. they you know comparing to what uh, thomas did to settle in, they lost 20 um, by selling earlier this season so uh webster thomas you know uh you know maddie keller she's at she you know she's at the might be averaging the quietest uh, 17.5 points per game in the section five uh, schedule. Um, so another matchup where there's probably going to be an upset in this class A bracket. There's just a lot of quality teams from top to bottom. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see where that, uh, that upset uh, ends up happening. Oh yeah. I mean, we've covered, I think ad nauseum, the double A and in a brackets for, for the girls and, a lot, and obviously they have really good teams at the top with Menden and Carney and Fairport and, and the respective brackets. But I mean, I've seen crazy things happen just this year. So when you get in the one and done format, we'll see. You never know what happens. Um, we are, uh, well, we're not one, but we are done for the day here on the high school huddle. Uh, we will be back next week as we have all the brackets filled out. Um, you know, they'll be underway for a little bit. We're going to really dive into these brackets hockey as well. Tough for us to talk, talk too much hockey, because as we're recording this on Thursday in just about a couple hours, a lot of these teams are going to be in action. So we don't want to, you know, talk, uh, we don't want to jinx another team. We've already done enough jinxing for this week. So, uh, so we'll also talk a little bit of hockey next week as we gear up for the, uh, I believe they will be into the, um, the championship games, or maybe it'll be semifinals day. So we want to be able to get to talk about them again, but <laughs> either way, we've got a lot of great stuff coming for you on rochesterfirst.com and news eight. We're going to um, talk some wrestling. We've got some bowling sectionals this week. We always get love getting out to the lanes. Um, all sport, all things, all sports. Uh, we've got to cover for you here on the high school huddle, Carl. Yeah. I mean, I just covered from swimming wrestling before that the bowlers. I'm going to see what y'all got. Any 300s for me out there. We'll see. Can't wait to see y'all shine for this y'all section. Exactly. It is time to break the huddle. For Carl Jones, I am AJ Film. We will see you next week with more Section 5 action. Thanks for listening, and have a great uh, time watching all this great playoff basketball.